What's up, everybody? Welcome. Wow, we're finally recording in person again. I think it's been since like what episode three, four? It's been forever. I'm glad I get to roast this guy in person today. I'm excited about it. He's still mad though because I'm taller than him. So I just, I just wanted to welcome you, hard headed fans, from welcome to our show from me sitting on a blanket. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you know that because yes. uh, I look taller than him and he's he's pissed about it. So. Yeah, it's just his ego, you know, fans. We gotta we gotta fight. Classic spinning. Got to make himself look better on this pod. What's new? I always look better. <laughs> All right. Now we got some cool Wolves news to start off the show with today. You want to tell us what it is, Buzz? Tim Conley, right? <laughs> we signed him to president of basketball operations. What, five year, 40 mil? Who's we, Buzz? The mid-September Wolves. Thank you. Yes. Very exciting signing. Uh, he was with the Nuggets, for those that don't know. And he's had pretty solid history, draft history. So I I like this move by the Wolves a lot. And A-Rod and Mark Lohr are very high on him. So I, I'm, I'm in for this new era of the Wolves. I'm excited. See, Let's see what he can do. Ownership stake part of this deal. So uh, that's, yep, I that's think, right. a big reason that they uh, got a snack stuck him out of Denver. It's given a little... Uh, bunch of money-making opportunities with ownership. So I think that's uh, that's good. So hopefully, I mean, his draft history is ridiculously good. So let's keep it up. And, uh, yeah. Uh, best pick being Jokic in the second round. Sheesh. Murray, Murray all the way back to seven. Porter at 14. Beasley at yeah. 19. More, more role-player guys like that, like Beasley. There's a ton of those mm-hmm. picks that he got in the 20s. Jared late Vanderbilt. Teens. Jared late. Vanderbilt. Yeah, list goes on and on. Go ahead and look that up if you want to see his draft history. It's pretty impressive to me, I think. And out of the guys that were available to hire, he's definitely up there as one of the best. So, yeah, good hire by the Wolves. Agreed. New other bit of news: um, PGA Championship for us golf fans out there. I know Spinny hates golf. Um, (laughs) I'm not also not even that big of a golf fan either. But Justin Thomas got it done and won the PGA Championship. So shout out Justin Thomas. Big comeback. Yeah. And in a playoff. Mm-hmm. Very impressive showing by him. And, yeah, so I guess that we're, uh, what, three in now? Two in? U.S. Open already happened, didn't it? I'm asking the wrong guy. I'm like, yeah. there's one more to go. So, yeah, we'll see who can finish, get the last one. But now into our actual topics here. Let's just start with NIL so we can argue a little bit because we seem to be on – Different sides here about this issue. Um, this is on the old fuddy daddy side, and I'm on the correct side. Uh, Spinny's on the rat side. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So, for those that don't know, the <clears throat> NIL as it currently stands allows players or allows coaches, I should say, to use NIL as a recruiting piece, um, as they should be able to. So. Nick Saban was not for that at all. He was like, he's been against it since the start. Classic. So he's he's been against it for quite some time. And he said some comments about Jimbo Fisher, um, Deion Sanders, things along. He referenced them as people who uh, did that under the table. So his main issue, Saban, is that this would eventually lead to just buying players essentially. And I'm in complete agreement there, but this guy thinks it's okay. 
I think they need to, to tighten up the rules a little bit. They shouldn't be allowed to use NIL as a recruiting piece as it's meant for college athletes. So they're not college athletes yet. They haven't earned the right to make money off their name, image, and likeness since they haven't stepped foot on the college campus yet. So I think they need to tighten up the rules. But Spinny, what's your side of the argument here? Okay, so if schools really do have better NIL abilities for their athletes, the athletes should know that. The big part of the NIL is marketing yourself. And if schools have the ability to give these kids more marketability based on their connections to businesses or whatever it may be, I think athletes should be able to know that up front and be able to benefit the most given their choice of school. So, yes, I do think that it is something that could be used and should be allowed to be used given that reason. Now, I understand the perspective of schools just being able to, like, buy by players. But I think that there's a lot of guys who value winning and a lot of those type of things in college as well. So I think if you can present that um, side of the argument, it'll be just as good for a lot of players who know they'll still make NIL money no matter where they are. But for those that might not make as much NIL in other places, the ability to get told you for sure can do that here is beneficial to the players. And it makes sense. I'm not completely against what you just said, but to have like full-fledged deals already in place for these guys, literally essentially just to get them on campus. Like that's that's basically cheating to me. That's bribing. That's like uh, what's-his-face paying DeAndre and $100,000 under the table. To me, there's no difference in that. And yeah, it, I get the more the marketing aspect of it. And I wouldn't necessarily be opposed if they could make some sort of restrictions. I don't know. Again, I'm not the guy that's going to those two things though. Right. I'm not the guy that's going to make this solution. That's why I don't work in the NCAA, but well, I guess technically I do. I'm a college coach, but I don't work with the actual rules. I'm not copping out at all. This is this is a load of BS coming from Spinning's mouth. And everyone else, especially I I'm sure most of you listeners are in agreement with Spinny because I know most of you people hate Alabama. So you're just using this as, uh, oh, we oh, get to level the playing field excuse. now. Level the playing doesn't, field. Doesn't even, doesn't even address the argument. Just says we're Alabama haters. Classic no. Alabama fans. Listen to what I'm saying. You guys seem to have these opinions because then you're for, you're for it because then college football is more balanced, more competitive. Correct. Good job. So essentially in the back of your head, you're doing this because you hate Alabama because of no, how good they are, how we're good doing Georgia this because is. Because we like parody. No. Yes. Yes. I and, I've and, seen and, it so many times on Twitter. I've seen it on other social medias. I've heard it from friends like Spinny who tell me the world revolves around us hating Alabama. I roll, fans. I roll. Spinny, when we initially talked about this off camera, you told me that you were happy that this is a thing just so that Alabama isn't as good anymore. It's funny because I don't I don't remember that, and uh, you got no merch, so it's tough for you. And honestly. I do remember you saying 
that the only reason Saban's saying this stuff is because everyone else is now going to be good. That better. is why. That is exactly See, why. See, that is that a is classic. A- that is a class. That, that right there is a classic Alabama hater statement. You have nothing to back that up on. I have Saban's ego to back that up on. He's allowed to have He's, an ego. No, he is. I'd have an ego if I was him. That's how I know that that's the reason he's doing it is because he doesn't want to lose it. That's how a guy with that ego, with that level of ego, that's how a guy would be. I'm not saying that's wrong. If I had 11 ships, I'd have an ego higher than Snoop Dogg riding a rocket. But <laughs> but but the thing is that that's that, is the reason, that is the reason that is the reason that Saban's upset about it. He doesn't give a crap. And I disagree. The rule or whatever his BS excuses are. Yeah, that's why you're not basing it off of anything. You're just you're just assuming that because you hate him. And I'm not you assuming wanna, that because I hate him. You want to? I don't hate him. You want to think the worst him. of him, and no, you think that his ego is why he said that instead of maybe he just cares about college football and doesn't want it to become a system of just buying players. This is college we're talking about. College. This is not a professional league. This is college. Okay, fans. I think I think you understand the uh, fuddy-duddy side and the, and the sensical side of this argument. Sensical? So I think. Uh, <laughs> you did not just use the word sensical to describe your side. I did. It's the most sensical. And, and the fans are going to know it. And I'm going to have everyone on my side. And you're going to use that BS excuse to get out of it. It's not an excuse because all of you guys reference the 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 Alabama being good or a leveling the playing field as it. If that is one of your reasons, get out of here. Get out of here. So, yeah, to wrap it up, I guess that (laughs) that's the situation. Obviously, there's a lot of back and forth going on between the coaches and obviously specifically Jimbo Fisher and Saban mostly going back and forth, but. Are you done? I, I mean, you lost that segment so bad. You no, deserve that hanging no, out there like I that. didn't lose that segment. You took a fat L on that segment. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this to all the listeners Woo! here. If you agree with Spinny, oh, that might have been my biggest win of any segment of the mm. whole pod right there. Honestly. If you agree with Spinny, I, I seriously question your integrity because it's it's not okay to do this and you cannot just buy players, recruit them legitly. Let's see how that works, huh? Recruit them legitly. This is legitly it is within the rules and completely legal. And that's what I'm talking about. No integrity. That's, it's it's in the rules. It's allowed, but it's not. Ah, oh, so frustrating. I'm sorry, listeners. We uh, we know we know who's right in this situation, and uh, and your comments are going to tell us who's right, and it's going to be awesome, and I'm going to be loving it, and it's going to be great. So. Roast us up, roast anybody up, roast Saban up, please. He needs extra roasting. And roast this Alabama stand up too. Kiss yes. my rings. Kiss seven my, of them. Seven my, of them. My, my. I should have worn my Bama shirt. My I can't believe rings. I didn't even say that, but respect, Kobe. What do you think of that, listeners? What do you think of my oh. rings, listeners? That's what I want to know. I don't know your opinion on that. All right. Speaking of Kobe, Boss. we're jumping in the NBA playoffs now. NBA playoffs. Which one do you want to start Kobe's with, East or West? I know, but Kobe's NBA player. He's in the playoffs, five rings. Come on. You think playoffs, you think legends like that. Fans agree with that statement. Stretching. 
Okay. You want to start with East or West, Benny? I'll let you choose. I think we're going to start out West. Let's let's save the best for last. I was going to say, because this, this series is turning pretty depressing at this point. 3-0 lead. Come on, Mavs. I didn't... Spinny, I know we were just talking about this before the before we started recording, but I can't believe these role players are not hitting shots for the Mavs. It is so frustrating to me. Um, obviously, 10. yeah, over 10, Reggie Bullock, over 7 from 3. You had some contested shots, but the majority are wide open because Luke is having everyone collapse, kicking to you. Oh, my gosh. Just the role players not doing anything. Luke has been a guy. Jalen Brunson's been a guy. They're, they're showing out still. I would say Dinwiddie is been struggling um so yeah he needs to pick up pick it up obviously it's never been done but i do think the mavs could maybe come back but it's it's wrapped up at this point it's wrapped up probably maybe get one to avoid the the gent or the straight sweep and get the gentleman sweep but tied in a bow bus Tie it in a bow, Spinny says. Yeah, that's, I agree. It's and over. That's from, and that's from the man. I had to come on come on here and take my L's for this because I picked the Mavs. You picked the Mavs. So, yeah. fat, giant. As much as L's bus took in that last segment, I'm taking them in this one. So, welcome to the L train for Spinny. Um, the role players haven't hit shots. And even in the games when they did, like game two, you know, Brunson had 31, Bullock had 21, 6 for 10 from 3, actually doing decent. They couldn't guard anybody. Jordan Poole, 23, Steph Curry, 32, Kevon Looney. Like, are you kidding me? Can't box them out, apparently. Of of Aiton and who the Mavs play in the first round? Uh, Jazz. Yeah, Gobert. Of of Gobert and Aiton and Kevon (laughs) Looney. Those three guys against the Mavs playing small. The only stinking one that can take advantage is Kavon Looney. What are we doing, Mavs? Like, are you like what? I just just outworked him. <sighs> Seriously, just outworked him. Makes them. me so angry. Um, so Kavon had twenty one, Wiggins had sixteen, and Porter at eleven. It's so much. Just everybody's just dubbing the Mavs, and and that was game two and games one and three. The the Mavs role players just weren't there, just couldn't get her done. And I'm gonna go on a tangent here for a minute because the one thing I will say is everyone is hyping Andrew Wiggins out so much from this series, and especially from game three. I was gonna say that game three is looking good though. 27, 11 and 3, 11 for 20. Good if you've been watching, Wiggins. if good you've been watching the series, you you obviously know that he guards Luca the entire game as well. And here's the thing, and I and I said this at the time of the trade. I wish we had had the pod then so I could immerse it to you. But that trade was better for the wool, better for the Warriors slightly. But the Wolves had to make the trade because Wiggins would never, ever, ever have developed this in Minnesota. The only thing that got him here is the Warriors culture and all the crap. And he's the four, and he has no pressure, and he can just go ball whenever he needs to. And he, at certain times, he will. And they've made him – they've said, hey, Wiggs, buddy, you buy in? We're going to the ship. And then they merged it. So, like, when when you get that level of success when he's buying in, he's obviously going to believe it. Minnesota, we could never, like, give that, hey, if you buy in, we get success because it didn't happen. So, so given the Warriors championship pedigree and bringing Wiggins into that, that's the reason that you get these type of games out of them. And Wiggins could never do this. I still don't believe as a one, two, or three 
on a team like that. I don't think Wiggins is that guy. Yeah, so. I, I also think the just the but, offensive system of the Warriors, not even necessarily being surrounded by champs and stars, but just that system of, of three-point shooting – uh, and driving and stuff like that. There's always open lanes for Wiggins, and he's just he's taking advantage of it. And I, as you know, as we all know, he can fly. The dude can fly in the lane. Funny. So you get um, you get a wide open kickout basically from Curry or whoever's driving Jordan Poole to Wiggins. He either gets the open three or you know they're flying at him. So then he gets that easy driving lane. So and as we saw, he I mean, dude absolutely murdered Luca last yeah. night, and somehow didn't it get overturned. I don't know. I I thought I saw that the I don't remember. There was but, something weird that happened with it there, but just but he, I sorry, go you ahead. can you can continue your point about Wiggins. Oh, that was the end of my point about Wiggins. I just wanted to preface that all with the Warriors obviously are rolling, they're the better team. All shout outs to them. I just <sighs> I hate all the Wiggins love that's going around because I am a big Wiggins hater, so I got to take a couple of my L's on that one, too. Like I said, this is the L segment for me, but I still don't think outside of this system, Wiggs could do anything like this. I do. I'm obviously basically in complete agreement with you, but I do want to give him a little credit because obviously still at the end of the day, 27-11 in the Washington Conference Finals and guarding the best player, obviously, Luka's still eating, but it's Luka. He's yeah. going to eat no matter what, and I think for the most part, Wiggins is doing a pretty solid job on him. No, yeah. Definitely. So I, I still want to give Wiggins a little credit because he is definitely playing really well. But I, de- I do agree with uh, your side saying, you know, the the system, the personnel, the team, all of that. If he wasn't on this team, he would not be looking like this. And I'm in complete agreement there. No questions asked. But, yeah, I guess I don't – there's not really much else to say about this series. It sucks. I was – I just wanted a competitive series. Uh, I really thought this game, this could get pushed seven. That's why I picked I Warriors in seven. Uh, but they're just, they're too deep. They have so many scoring options. And especially if Poole and Wiggins are out here giving you damn near 20 or 20 plus. Oh my gosh, that even takes a ton of pressure off Steph and Clay. Like this is, this is a different Warriors team than the past championship teams. And are they the favorite now, Spinny? I don't know. It's it's tough because both East teams are looking good. Yeah, this East series is going long. So I think you gotta give the Warriors a little bit of an advantage, right? Because they're gonna be the more rested team at the beginning of the series for sure. Because the Heat have had a decent playoffs, but but if Boston wins this series, they've gone through three at well, two and a half absolute battles. To get to that point. And, and and even the Heat have gone through a decent series with Philly, and then they will have gone through a battle with Boston. So I just think the battle testedness of the East teams and the physicality of the East teams, that's something that the Warriors haven't really seen yet. So we'll see what happens, especially if it ends up that's being Boston. Having they basically have a matchup for all those Warriors guards. And not a lot of teams can say that. And they can switch basically everything else. I think the, so, the Heat match up well, too, even with the – because the Heat do a lot of switching as well. And and they always play small. Jimmy Butler and P.J. are usually their fours. So, yeah. I think – and P.J. obviously is capable of switching on the guards and stuff. So, yeah, yeah I like – I do like the both matchups for the East teams. And it's just so tough for me to not consider the Warriors favorite given all their championship experience and, and how hot they are right now. True. 
And so, Warriors are probably favorite, right? Vegas. I don't know all the Vegas odds right now, but after last night, I'm guessing the Warriors became the the favorites to win the championship. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about the East. Yeah, let's talk a little more about the East. I was. Let's just talk most recent game first. I was a little shocked that Jimmy Butler out second the entire second half, and they still held on to the lead. I thought for sure the Celtics were going to be able to come back and pull it off. They did obviously come back, make it a little more interesting, but he ended up hanging on. And I think that veteran presence of Kyle Lowry, as I said last week, like they need him. I think getting him back for game three, that was huge. If he wasn't in the lineup and then Butler went down, I think uh, I think that would have been a disaster and they would end up blowing that lead to the Celtics. But I am a little surprised that they held on. Kyle Lowry, very CP3-ish role for the Heat. Um, right. He, he just, the entire second half, he just kept them calm, kept them in it, kept them steady. That's really – and after that first half lead, every little comeback the Celtics made, Kyle Lowry – Steady, same thing, same expression, same stuff in the timeouts. Just we're keeping them, we're keeping us where we need to be. And uh, they kept that lead, and yeah, they would not. I don't know, even with Jimmy, without Kyle Lowry, if they would have won that game. But but Kyle Lowry really is that point guard presence that keeps him in it. That sometimes I worry Boston doesn't have because Smart can be it when he's on, but when he's not, eh. And it's not really primary ball handler. Either. Yeah. And then for game four, right. Smart's going to be out. So, so that's going to be a, an issue there. And, and smart's not always that guy either. So I think Lowry's a huge addition and, uh, but the Celtics are going to win game four. As, as we're recording now, the game started a little bit ago. So uh, do you have a live update? Yeah, we got, we got eight one uh, right now. 10 one. Actually, right now. 10-1 Celtics, 10-1 Celtics off to a, a hot start here in game four. And just so you listeners know, we have this recorded. We'll be going back and watching the game. We're not skimping out on it. So uh, we'll be watching it. We watch all the games. We we try to be our best to uh, be educated in our own educated opinions. about. Well, we're diehard fans. NBA fans, so and that's we're not going to miss this game. Yes, <laughs> but the I was also a little disappointed that these games haven't been – you know, two competitive Celtics blew them out in game two. Game one wasn't, you know, that was pretty much a blow towards the end. And then Celtics so came back and made it look closer than right. Was. Exactly. So, and that was pretty much the situation in game three as well. Uh, I think it finished like 10 points spread, I think about. So Celtics made it curious there for a while. They yep. did cut it to like uh, close to that 10 mark with around eight, nine minutes left. So then it was like, okay, are we going to get something here? But, then they kind of BS'd around there for a while. But, uh, but yeah, that, that wasn't a great ending either. We haven't got a, great, a lot of great final or conference finals games yet. So I'm hoping yeah. one of these ones, hopefully not the Celtics, because I'd rather just have them blow out win. But <laughs> I would hopefully see some good games too at the same time. Maybe Mavs make a couple of these next couple close here in the West. Mavs can still win at seven, by the way. So my pick is officially uh yeah i mean i guess you run off that logic then the warriors could still win in seven and i'd be even more correct with that pick but <clears throat> yeah i i'm just gonna tune into this these crimes finals the rest of the way obviously the west it's gonna be wrapped up the next two games but uh i don't know i'm spinning i'm gonna give you props here quick you said Jalen brown 
And I was like, well, come on, let's be real. Jason Tatum's going to have to be the best player here if the Celtics are going to win. But so far through three games, we'll find out after tonight if it'll be through four. But so far through three, Jalen Brown has definitely been the Eastern Conference MVP. 40, uh, for the for the Celtics, yes. at least. 40 and nine last game, 14 for 14 from the two-point range. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. 14 awesome. of 14? Yep. Bro. Three for nine from uh, three, so he missed six threes. 14 for 20 for 40 points. 20 shots, 40 points. Insane. Basically Insane the, efficiency. Basically the only Celtic that like truly showed up in game three. Jason Tatum had 10 points and was three for 14. Yep, so that's where we are, folks. And now, hopefully, the Seas will come back and win this series. <laughs> Just like I'm going to come out and win trivia. No, I need to establish dominance again. Three in a row for me today. <laughs> Get out of here. Dylan winning trivia noise. Although maybe I should just say, oh, Boston's going to win because then I'll actually win. Yeah. That's how it goes so far. So now that's what I've been trying to do here, low key. Oh, reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. All right. You you roll it out first for us, my guy. Okay. Your easy question. A lot of my, all three of my questions are NBA draft related because. We're about to do the NBA mock draft lottery only, at least. But we're spoilers, it's, guys. I'm, I like that spoil. Spoilers. It's a good spoilers. And let's be real, Spinny. If they're listening this far into the episode, they already saw the description of the episode that said NBA mock draft. Come on now, Spinny. No spoilers, boss. We hate spoilers in this pod. Anyways, your easy question: Which college team has the most first-round picks in NBA history? Is it, is it, did you do it to me? Or... Which team? Can you give me a region? It's an easy question. Which college team has the most first-round picks in NBA history? Not in one draft overall. Is it the shirt I should be wearing? Yeah, you still haven't. <laughs> you still haven't paid up on this Kansas no, bet. I haven't yet. Oh. This is atrocious. Fans, you need to start ripping him a little more, too, because he needs to start wearing a Kansas shirt when we record here. Is that your guess? No. University of Kentucky. Correct. You had to give me props. We love it. We love it. Most first-round picks. You know who two and three would be? Want to throw out a guess? Kansas. Duke. And Duke. Duke, North Carolina. That was the next. Those are the next two. All right, what's what's my easy question? Easy question. Speaking of my man, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, Jalen Brown. Through three games. What pick was Jalen Brown selected in the NBA draft? Third overall, final answer. Correct. Correct, because when he was drafted, I said, what the beep, listeners? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> Who is this mother beeper? Where you my... played a cow, right? Yeah, cow. He, two... You know, we shouldn't we shouldn't roast that too much because Jalen Brown was a top three high school prospect as well. So he, he just randomly chose to cap. He was. Yep. So all right. All right, medium. Your medium. We're tied one to one. Since two thousand. Since two thousand, uh twenty one drafts, about to be twenty two. How many first overall picks were foreign born since two thousand? Twenty one drafts. 
Okay, so we got Darko for sure. Right? He's man on number one. And then we got Ben Simmons. So that's two. Hmm. I'm going to go with three. Final answer. Incorrect. The answer is seven. Seven. By the way, Darko was on the first, first row. Well. Second? He was second. Ah. Same draft as LeBron. Come on. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, Name a couple more. DeAndre Ayton. He's oh. from the Bahamas. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's there's guys like that. Andrew Wiggins from Canada. <laughs> Anthony Bennett, also from Canada. Um, Canada. Yao Ming. Um, Yao Ming was the number one pick. Yeah. Um, Toronto picked Ant. Andrew, how do you say his Bargini or whatever? You know what Bargnani. I'm talking about? Bargnani. Yeah. He was Andrew first Bargnani. overall pick. So, yeah, there's I, that's probably not even seven, but those are some of the guys. Okay. All right. All's for me. Who is this season's current NBA? Or, okay. Wow. During the NBA playoffs, who has led the playoffs in field goal percentage? Minimum 10 games played. Minimum 10 games, field goal percentage leader. Yep. So at least the second round, made at least the second round. Oh, I feel like this is just going to be like a really random dude. I feel like the no no shot attempt minimum here. Do you do you remember when you looked up this question or I didn't I didn't keep a shot attempt minimum because I had a game minimum. It was a 10 minute He's... per game minimum as well. So you probably got a good amount of shots up at least. 10 minutes per game, minimum 10 games. I'm going to go. I feel like it, I feel like it was an Eastern player. I'm probably completely wrong already there, but God, it's going to be a random person. As I know, I'm going to, I want to pick Giannis, but I know I just can't be honest. This is a medium question and it can't be honest. Who dunks a lot? I wish I wish we had sometime we should do a live segment so I could phone a friend in, in the audience and yeah. be like, hey fan, what's the answer? I'm down. I'd be down. If you guys are down, comment below. Whenever you want to calm me down, you can. Five dose uno. Bang. Dwight Powell, final answer. Wrong. JaVale McGee. JaVale! I knew how to be dunker only, so that's why I just threw out a guy who's still playing. I probably should have picked an already eliminated player, but oh well. JaVale McGee. Wow, we're still tired going into the hard round, which is usually not good. We might take a tie this week, which I'll take that. I will accept that based on Spinney's uh, I'll keep last that couple lead. Weeks. I'll keep that career off. Oh, yeah. <sighs> All right. So, as I mentioned not that long ago, DeAndre Ayton was the second. Well, I didn't say second, but he was the second player drafted first overall, born in the Bahamas. No, there was not a number. <sighs> Who was the first player to be drafted first overall from the Bahamas? That's why it's a hard question. Lifetime. Not in your lifetime, no. Now, knowing, do I know this player? You, 
You better know this player. Okay. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, final answer. And the answer is 1978 first-round pick, Gophers' own Michael Thompson, Clay's dad. Michael Thompson went number one overall? Michael Thompson went number one overall oh, in 1978. God. Played for the Gophers. Michael Thompson was born in uh, the Bahamas. So, yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Sheesh. Yeah, we're definitely going to end in a tie unless no, I'm gonna whip Bus it. can tell me what college Max Struess went to. Oh, my gosh. They said this. I forgot. They actually said this on TV. I, rem- I remember them saying, oh, yeah, Max Struess went to blah, blah, blah. But what was it? Max Struess. Man, he's been balling for the heat so far. This guy just straight up took Duncan Robinson's spot. It's kind of funny, honestly. But Duncan's on the bench getting a bag, so I don't think he really cares. No. <laughs> Rolling in it. Um, I think I have a really good guess, and it might be it. And you will get so pissed if it's actually it. <laughs> I'm going to go Toledo. Final answer. And no! Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was Toledo. I'll give you another guess. Not to get it right, but I just want to see if you know. Was someone else in one of these series? It's a Big East school. Is one of the... I swear, like, someone in one of these series is from Toledo. I don't know where I got Toledo from, man. Um, a Big East school. Yeah. Let's go... Uh, oh, my God. I'm so mad because they literally said this. So I should still know it, but I don't. Let's just go St. John's. DePaul. Oh, yeah, DePaul. No. Wow, Ty. I mean, Spinney is still beating me in all time standings. Man, I need to step up my game. I'm gonna after this episode, I'm just gonna start reading trivia, sports facts. I'm gonna get going here, but I mean, as you see from the questions we come up with, we just come up with the most random <laughs> ones ever. At least, at least that you know. Sometimes you can get them. Sometimes you're smart enough to know secretary. Oh my god! Don't roast me for that one. All right. So, now that trivia is done, we get to see a little way to stick wow, look, early. Look at that NBA fail of a parenthesis by me on, on oh, Gonzaga down there. Oh, bus. Ew. Gosh darn it, bus. Why do you got to do that? L oh, format no. an error on my part. <laughs> Orlando Magic bit, won the lottery. First pick here. Uh, they have a lot of young key players already. I feel like these guys listed here are, are part of their future going forward, at least in my eyes. Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, and Wendell Carter Jr. Um, as you YouTube watchers can see, Spinny and I are both agreement with Chet Holmgren here. Uh, my reasoning, I initially, when I saw Magic, I initially thought Jabari just because I do personally feel like Jabari fits better with their system. But Obviously, Chet, you know, he's not big. He's pretty skinny. Obviously, something he gets mo- or roasted for, but he could be the four or five. I think this guy is going to be a stud. I still have a lot of faith in Chet Holmgren. And if you're the Magic, I just feel like you have to pair Chet Holmgren and Jalen Sucks. They literally played high school basketball together. They're like best friends. You know what I mean? Like, So that's my main reasoning for picking Chet. I just don't think when you just picked Jalen Suggs last year, you're still invested in him, still invested in him in the future. Why not pair him up with his high school teammate? Seems like a good move to me. I love the Minnesota um, hype here, getting both these uh, mini guys back together. But 
But that's not why I picked it. I, there's been a lot of rumors that Chet's the guy the Magic like, the guy they want to go, they want to take that high-risk, high-reward situation, and hopefully he's a star. And then with all the rest of the guards and um, potential pieces they got, he could uh, they could really have something, especially on the defensive end. So I think that's the move there with Chet. I, I just just is the vibe it's seeming from from the talk going around that the Magic are the Magic are the Chet people. So. And if Chet won, then and we're in agreement. Again, another agreement. Okay, see here. I just love the shy, giddy, Jabari combo. Jabari is that big shooter catching passes from Josh and, and Alexander and just all. And he just fits that so perfectly. But I think these guys are the one, too. I really do. As I much agree. as. There's a lot of people out there high on on Paulo, um, and I can see that from a playmaking perspective. But these first two picks don't really need any playmakers. So I think if you had more of a top two that were in need of playmakers, Paulo could very, very easily go in these top two. I just think fit-wise, playmaking is not something necessarily stressed given the guard heaviness of these two other two first picking teams. So that's why I think it's going to be hard for Paulo or Ivy to sneak into there. Yep. I agree there. And yeah, I I'm with you with Jabari and Chet being the top two in my eyes. Those are the top two. So I, the only other person I think would go one is Jabari. And so I, I for sure have those two going top two, regardless of who's picked one. And I do like um, even Chet. I think he would fit in well with the Thunder. So I like Jabari or Chuck going here and giving them a little um, court spreading. You know, both these guys can shoot threes, give more driving lanes for Giddy and Shy. And yeah, that's a nice little core going forward for the Thunder. Third pick, Houston Rockets. Again, an agreement. Can't really uh, deny a top three, in my opinion. Paulo Bencaro, obviously, I think he would fit in well with the Rockets and uh, Jalen Green, especially. And I like that duo. I think Paul and Jalen Green. They could light it up in a couple of years. Uh, obviously, they're still going to be terrible next year, but why not? You know, you got Paolo and Jalen Green just essentially doing all the work for you, and if you end up being good, then sweet. If not, you get another top pick next year to build around them. So, oh yeah, and they're not going to be good. They're definitely going right. to be bad, and they're going to have another top pick, and that's what they're going to need. But I like the playmaking of Paolo. Jalen Green can hopefully develop more of a shooting role as well so they can kind of mix up the guy with the ball in his hands there but i like the bank bankero and green pick and roll as well so i think there's a lot of options here and, and it's a great fit sacramento kings fourth pick they also got De'Aaron fox Vonis Simonis, and and davion mitchell was their first round pick last year i'm going aj griffin from duke because this is my main reasoning here Sacramento Kings, by trading Tyrese Halliburton, have made it clear that they are a win-now team. As At least they view themselves as that. I'm not saying they are. But, yeah, trading Tyrese for Sabonis, that is clear that that's what they are or how they view themselves. And it's clear also that they are running with De'Aaron Fox. So a lot of you are probably shocked, especially YouTube um, viewers here, that Spinny and I still haven't thrown Jaden Ivey out here. Um, I think that's just more with fit. I don't think you, you would pick. Jaden Ivey, when you already made it clear that you're running with Darren Fox, that's two similar style of guys. So I'm going with AJ Griffin because that seems to be like a win now move. You get a three and D guy that can immediately come in, start. Ah, uh, okay. What Let's do you mean? He shot three. The three part, the D part. Me. 
Did you watch Duke? He was by far the best defender. Yeah, but I worry about his foot speed in the NBA. His I, I don't at all. On guards. I, AJ Griffin, not as good of a defender as we think. He is. Um, he's very athletic. He's mm, Yes, he is. He's a very athletic guy. And I know most of the listeners who agree with me since most of the listeners are gross Duke fans. Uh, but 3 and D guy, I think he's going to come in and he can make an impact right away. Again, I don't think this even pushes the Kings in the playoffs or anything crazy. But given that this seem, they seem to be in win-now mode, so – I think they're going to go a guy that can fit in alongside Darren Fox. They don't need another ball handler, given they have Fox and Mitchell already. So that's why I'm going to run with uh, A.J. Griffin. Agreed. I, I can see that perspective. I don't think Griffin's a good defender, by the way. I think this the metrics and the stats back that up. I had I didn't bring those for you. I, I should have. I honestly forgot my notes on the way down, so I, I missed the A.J. Griffin stats. But look him up. His defensive metrics, not good. Shaden Sharp, I think the reason we're going here is just the highest shooting potential. And you want a guard next to Fox who's 6'6", decently tall there, and can shoot the lights out the ball. And I think uh, I think that's what uh, you're looking for here with Sharp. So I think that uh, fits well next to Fox. So exact reasons you just said for Shane Sharp is why I picked them to go to the Detroit Pistons. I think obviously Cunningham's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And as Sadiq Bey obviously showed a lot of promise last year, especially towards the end of the year. So to have Shane Sharp and Sadiq Bey off ball, those are two great wing um, attackers for them and shooters. And then you got Kate Cunningham being, you know, the all around guy, the playmaking, able to shoot all of that. So I think Shane Sharp would fit in pretty well with uh, Cunningham and the Pistons. Yeah, and I want Keegan Murray here. Um, I'm not a huge Keegan Murray fan myself. I think the Pistons are going to probably mess this pick up because they think that Ivy and Cunningham can't necessarily play together either. A little worried about the shooting ability of Ivy. But so I think they might slide Murray there, try to get a playmaking score or more of a score, less of a playmaker, I mean. But I think that they should pick Ivy because I would. An Ivy Cunningham backcourt would be scary just from an athleticism perspective. Agree. Going in our sixth pick, we're in agreement. We don't think Jay and Ivy can fall any farther in here, and we do like to pair in with Tyrese Halliburton. He can play um, off ball with Tyrese being such a great playmaker and and focus more on scoring and along those lines. That would help the Pacers. Obviously, Pacers are in a rebuild, and the reason why we put Tyrese as only key player is because Brogdon, um, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, all their other key players have already been in trade talks for how long? So I don't expect any of those three. Well, for sure, well, someone's getting traded on the Pacers. It might not be all three of them, but someone's not I, coming back. Yeah, I definitely don't expect all three of those guys to come back. So I think Jay Nobby slides slides in well here, pretty well with Tyrese. And I do want to mention, though, listeners, because, again, you guys are probably thinking Spain and I are probably – crazy for dropping Jay Ivey to six and I at least that's why I think I've even felt crazy doing that I think Jay Ivey is the fourth best prospect fit wise I just didn't I didn't see it so I had to drop him and I also think Shaden Sharp is the fifth best player so I had him going a little later than one pick later than Spinney but those would be my top five prospects yeah I think those top four are far and away above and I would just take best player if I was an NBA team in this case, even if it didn't fit, just with the talent level, I think Jaden Ivey could display on his top end. But I think NBA teams draft too much for fit sometimes. 
And uh, this would be this case scenario. So that's why I had Ivy dropping. Seventh pick, Portland Trailblazers. Here's where I had Keegan Murray sliding in. I think he'd, you know, three-point shooting forward. He could play the three there and play alongside Damian Lillard and African Simons very well. I'm Again, I'm with Spinney here. I'm not very high on Keegan Murray. But this pick here, given that he's still available for me, makes complete sense. And I do think Keegan Murray has the potential to be like a, a Tobias Harris type player in the league, maybe. But I would say that's that's his pick. I can't picture being any better. And I mean, maybe he proves me wrong, but I think this would be a, a solid fit, at least for the Blazers. No, yeah, I definitely think this could be a uh, that could be a solid fit for the Blazers. I went with Benedict to the uh, guard forward from Arizona. He's 6'6", another lanky, uh, longer type of guy. I think you could play him at the three Lillard Simons. And I him, think you can too. And I think that would work wonderfully. He's athletic um, enough. He's athletic enough. So I think that's more of a, what I was looking at there on that one um, was just the uh, matchup ability of the Trailblazers and uh, another more shooter defensive guy. I like it. I like it. Spinny, you want to give the updated score of this first quarter? I'm yeah. seeing it on my phone. Ew, what is going on with the heat? Yeah, first quarter uh, final of uh, – oh, I can't even. Out. 29 to 11. 29 to 11. Wow. Again, we're not watching, obviously, but pathetics start here by the Heat. So, spinning, looks like spinning's take of Celtics capturing game four here is uh, off to the right start. So, good for you. Pelicans, back to this mock draft. They obviously have a lot of uh, pieces. We'll see if they keep Zion, obviously, with the, the random rumors we've seen throughout the year and stuff. So, Zion, CJ, and Ingram. Tons of guys already made the playoffs. They're definitely a win-now team. Um, is that why you picked A.J. Griffin? Yeah, because I think he definitely, despite his defensive liabilities, I do think he can make uh, impact offensively right away, and that's something they need and are looking for. And here I'm going Benedict. I think he's athletic guard, as we just said, and I think he would fit in the backcourt nicely with C.J. I think C.J. is a pretty solid playmaker, and he seems to be – I like him at the point guard. He was doing really well, I thought, for the Pelicans when he ran point guard. So I think they could start CJ at one and Benedict at two. I don't see why not. Ingram three and Zion four. I think that would be a nice little little fit for them. And so that's why I picked Benedict. He'd be a nice win-now piece for, the, for them for sure. Spurs. Spurs, you never really know. They're like, yeah. are they rebuilding? Are they not? Popovich just – you know, Ooh, yeah. You don't know what the Spurs because they're always they're always in contention because Popovich is just a guy. I love how he puts Keldon Johnson on this list. Keldon Johnson. Oh my gosh, this guy's a hater. He almost averaged seventeen points a game. You want me not to put him on this list? Oh my gosh, he was a second leading scorer behind Dejounte Murray, and he's twenty two years old. This guy. No, I'm. I'm I just think Kellen Johnson is not necessarily deserving of the key player's role yet, but I, I do like him. I'm not a hater. I just like making fun of this rat. I put him on there against Kentucky. But this Baylor kid, I think uh, I think this is a perfect type of Spurs pick, kind of out there under the radar, but could have a huge upside. We just don't exactly know what we're getting. Um, something that Pop loves bringing in. and uh, Great metrics. With. Great metrics. 6'9", long wingspan. Uh, as you saw at Baylor, great defender. Yep. He definitely has got the defense. So 
Uh, if he just continues to prove his three-point shot, this guy will be in the league for a long time. Again, we, we don't know his ceiling. We don't know how good he could get. But, I mean, this late in the – not late, but ninth pick, this is the type of player you're, you're trying to pick here, a guy that could end up being a monster but at least has a solid floor. So I'm in agreement with you there, Jeremy. So, so can Solchen? I don't know. Sorry, fans. I don't know. Washington Wizards. Another team that I would imagine is going to be win now, given, you know, Kuzma, Beal, Porzingis. I feel like that's a win now roster, right? So I'm going Ty Ty Washington, playmaking uh, point guard. I, that would slide in very well there. He'd be the one, Beal two. Uh, I like that fit there a lot. I think Ty Ty has solid, uh, at least floor potential. I don't know how how good he's going to be. Uh, his three-point shot is kind of concerning right now, and that's like the biggest question for him and why he dropped to about 10 for me. And I think he, he'll probably go in that 9 to 14 range. I, I'm for sure he's a lock at late lottery. But that's if he can improve his three-point shooting, he could become a really good player in the league but he at least will be a solid playmaking point guard for a lot of years in the NBA, I think, at least. And I think the Wizards are kind of knowing that they're never going to win with exactly what they got, so they're just going big later upside with Josh Minot. <laughs> all y'all are probably saying, there was a third big at Memphis. <clears throat> yeah, Duran and Imani Bates, but yes, Minot had a huge role in their little tournament, couple tournament games they had, and I think he has a huge upside athletic-wise especially, and I think uh, the Warrior or the Wizards just take a little bit of a chance here, given that I think this adoration of Beal and Porzingis and Kuzma, I think we know this is not championship-worthy, so we're trying to build up for what we can get later on. I mean, I still wouldn't even be surprised if they end up moving uh, any of these three players. You know, They might blow it up completely and say, yeah, we're going to just rebuild and trade Bradley Beal. So be on the lookout for the Wizards make some moves. That would not surprise me this offseason at all. New York Knicks, <laughs> classic New York pick here for me. They're going to pick the foreign player. Uh, they're going to – this is probably the top foreign prospect, Nikola Jovich. Uh, great. 6'10 forward. He can shoot the lights out, I'm not going to lie. And, and he's got solid potential. He's, what, 19 years old? But this has obviously been the, the mold for the, the Knicks in at least our lifetime. They always take the foreign gambles here. So this would not surprise me whatsoever, and especially with the 11th pick. And not a very deep class, at least in my eyes. Uh, star potential, I mean, in that regard. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like they're just going to pick this guy just because of what their uh, draft history is like up to this point. Agreed. I, I think that makes sense. I just went Washington. I think they could be trying to get back to the playoffs more for numbers and stuff. And hopefully, given given uh, I like that a, fit too. a point guard that you could uh, maybe play down a Mitchell with. So. Spinny and I were talking before this pod too. We are in agreement that we don't think Julius Randle will play another game as a Nick. We definitely think he's getting moved this offseason. Unless, so. unless they make the move for Mitchell, then you almost have to keep then, Randall. But yeah, if you could pair up um, Mitchell with RJ Barrett and Randall, that's that's a nice little three. Yeah. So, so we'll see. If they get Mitchell, though, that eleventh pick's definitely gone for sure. Thunder back on the board again, twelfth pick. I hope they can, they're probably going to get good given the ridiculous amount of first round picks they have in these upcoming Santa years. Santa stud, yeah, absolute goodness, stud, awesome. So um, I kind of like this Tarisen fit here. He is just a he's got the grit like a, and motor and everything along those lines like a Montrezl Harrell, just 
absolutely just works his ass off all the time when he's on the floor. And I, given that I had Chet coming in here, I think he could slide in pretty well at the four. And he's definitely capable of guarding. Uh, a, he's a very versatile defender, and that's why he was very good on LSU. That's why a lot of uh, draft analysts are pretty high on him to slide in this late lottery is because his versatility on the defensive end. So I like this uh, potential fit here with the Thunder. But Dyson Daniels, I kind of like that pick too. What do you got on Dyson? I mean, just a sniper, just an yeah. absolute sniper. And so I think and that's just what you want with your playmaking guards that you got. Just add a yep. guy that could come in and just absolutely drain the crap out of the three. So I think it's just a classic Sam Presti pick here and uh, what they're going to go with. Yeah. And that that's also Tar Eason reasoning too. He's a quality three-point shooter as well, 3-and-D guy. That'd be a nice little fit there. LaMelo Ball, obviously. Essentially, the only key player on the Hornets here at 13th pick because – previously mentioned as for the Pacers, all the other key players are probably going to be traded, or at least in trade rumors, Terry Ozier and Gordon Hayward especially. So I don't know what the hell the Hornets are going to do this offseason. I have no idea. They're they're on the edge of the playoffs. They don't seem to be able to make it. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're going to blow some things up here. Obviously, they're going to keep LaMelo Ball, no doubt about it, which is why I picked Mark Williams here at 13. I like the just the pick and roll with Mark Williams and LaMelo. I like that. I think Mark Williams could potentially become a freak in the NBA. I mean, his metrics were ridiculous. Freak as in, okay, let me rephrase this. Not like a star. But okay. He reminds me, he could be a way more athletic version of Clint Capella. Okay. A guy that just gets, and and even Capella, I mean, as we saw with uh, the Rockets, he was like, I mean, there's games where he can be pretty dominant in that pick and roll. So, I like uh, Mark Williams' metrics, just insane wingspan, 7'7 seven, seven or something like that. He's 7'1", height-wise. Um, he had like 5% body fat or something stupid like yeah, that. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, 240-some pounds and only 5% body, body fat. Yeah, so I think this guy with that athleticism has potential to just be an athletic freak in the NBA. And you can throw him a pick-and-roll situation with Melo, that would be good. Yeah. I want Wesley here, Blake from the guard from Notre Dame. Again, I think more of a project with high upside, something that the uh, Hornets need given their mid situation. They're just shooting for a guy here in this mid lottery or late lottery to to try to hopefully make an impact. And our last pick, we will discuss 14th pick, Cleveland Cavs. I have no idea which direction they're going to go at all. Uh, but looking at our picks here, I think both of them kind of make sense given uh, their personnel. I think Lowry Markin and K Love. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? Really? Levert, Karis Levert. There we go. You're gonna forget the probably the best player or the least highest potential player. What Mobley? Come on. Oh yeah, I didn't even Sheesh. put Mobley on there. Fail from boss. But uh, anyways, I, th- I think versatile wing defending guard is something we could go here. And I think that's that was my thing with Kendall Brown. I, I think that that fits here. The Cavs might have something crazy, though, a uh, uh, foreign stash or or something uh, something like that here as we get to the last pick of Us- the lottery. Usman Jang, or however you say his name. Yeah. He's uh, been climbing up the ladders a little bit. That could be a guy that they, they take a shot on here. Uh I like that reasoning. That's why I went with Malachi Branham. He's 
another three and D guy. He career 41% shooter for Ohio State, and he really started to pour it on at the end of the year, scoring wise. He was almost outscoring that EJ Liddell almost every time. So EJ Liddell, I think he's gonna fall late to the late first round, just given his age. And same reasoning, obviously, as you said for Kendall Brown, three and D. I think that's just kind of what they want. They want a wing here. They got are they gonna trade Sexton? What do you think about that? Probably. I could see Sexton in this pick being packaged for something or, or Ooh, something. That they could get something fun. good there. I feel like that's a nice little combo. But we'll see. Yeah, but we will see. That is all we got for the mock draft. And that's all we got, actually, for our content today. A little short episode for you guys. Still, still about to hit an hour. But given our last, well, how many? Five, six episodes. I think everyone's been at least an hour and a half. So Yeah. we. Uh, this was just the content for the week. And... We didn't want to drag you out with anything anything else. So we're going to jump to questions and answers. Let's get it. Q&A. All right. Shout out. Uh, kind of forebroke. Old guest of ours. All geezer-like. He, uh, he sent us uh, some Q&A questions for the week related to Dynasty Fantasy Football. We are uh, in I a like couple it. leagues there. So um, I'm just going to shoot bus. Some questions. He's going to give me some reasoning. I'm going to tell him why he's an idiot. Okay. Dynasty football, you get them for their career, right? Dynasty football, you draft a team, you keep that whole team, you're trading it with other teams in your league. Okay. So this is like a career arc, essentially career arc, fantasy-based question from this second. Lamar. Kyler Murray. Lamar, Kyler Murray, who would I rather have? I'm giving slight edge to Lamar. Yep, agreed. Lamar, better rushing. Maybe even a slight less average to get hurt. Definitely better team with a well, well, more well run. I just like that fantasy potential with that that rushing. For sure. Russell, Russell Stafford. Russell Stafford. This one's tougher for me. Wow. I think I'm still going to just stick with Russ. I think he's been better throughout his career up to this point, so I'm just going to stick with Russ. And I like the Denver. I like the situation in Denver. So. Longer potential, but I think Stafford's next three years are much better. Uh, Chase or Jefferson? Good point. Chase or Jefferson? You know this answer. I'm just going to stick with Jefferson. I got to go. See, that's where you're wrong. You're pairing Chase with Burrow. You have Jefferson with Cousins or whoever. The way more randomness is the matter. quarterback that's going to come there. And the Chase and Burrow combo means that Chase is definitely a higher take there. On the fantasy rankings. Jefferson. Fantasy rankings, not fan Jefferson, Jefferson hater. Jefferson's a better receiver. Jefferson's a better receiver. Chase, better fantasy option. Jefferson had more fantasy points this year, just, just for our listeners out there. Chase is a rookie. So. Second-year player who had 1,600-plus yards and 10 touchdowns. All right, Devontae or Tyreek? Um, whew, you answer first. I don't – Tyreek, slight, slight. Year younger, I think, given if Mike McDaniel's offense is – explosive and he reaches the potential they want him to in Miami. Tyreek Hill have that Debo Samuel role is going to go absolutely crazy. Doesn't exactly matter how good of a thrower to it is. But I think if that doesn't agreement. exactly pan out, Derek Carr is the more less risky of a guess yeah, given him and Carr. Safer floor. Yeah, safer floor there. Um that that one I think is the the biggest toss up yet. All of these are toss ups, but I feel like that one is that one's tough, but I'm giving the slide. I just Tyreek for the exact same reasons you said. Delvin or Nick Chubb? Delvin or Nick Chubb? No situation. I'm rocking with Delvin. I think, especially in our new offense, that's also why I picked Jefferson because he's going to be um, the focus like Cooper Cup was. So I really like that potential. And 
I saw that they're going to involve Dalvin a lot more in the receiving game, which obviously helps his fantasy outlook. And Chubb, no receiving whatsoever. Agreed. That makes sense. I'm going to go in Chubb just given I think Dalvin's only got two two good years left, and then he's going to be on the outs. So I'm taking Chubb's four, four years and it's over Dalvin's two prime-wise. This guy didn't pick either Vikings player. Roast him in the comments right now. This you is gotta, unacceptable. You got to be realistic. I'm not a homer. I'm, I'm These honest. are realistic. Dalvin Cook is way better than than Nick Chubb. He is way better. better. He is better. Chubb is <sighs> better fantasy value. Kelsey or Kittle? Um, I'm gonna go Kittle. Just just the Ooh. age. Uh, okay. what he's got like three, four years younger than than uh, Kelsey. Kelsey's like 32, and Kittle's only 28, I believe. Um, so I'm gonna go age there as as being my main reason. Okay, I'm going Kelsey, just solid production. And Kelsey's yeah. the one they committed to in Kansas City. So I think the Kelsey Mahomes um, dynamic is going to be happening for a long time. How long do you think he's going to play, given he's already 32? He's probably got five at least years. five more years. Five yeah. Years. yeah. I'm taking I'm taking Kelsey's five years, even if the last two are a little more sketchy. Yeah. I'm kind of sketchy uh, even picking Kittle, just given his injury history. But exactly. Kelsey, not as much injury history. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with it. I think Trey Lance could be solid. So. All right. I respect it. Those are good. Those are good ones. Good. Connor's come up with those off the top of his head. I don't know. Or you like saw those in an article or what? Connor's that guy, that fantasy guy. I uh, I have a little birdie that told me we might have a fantasy basketball Q&A next week. So listen up if you're well, a fantasy listener. We're talking fantasy basketball. I'm the only one answering those questions. Shut up, this guy. Four leagues this past year, three ships. Bus is just, bus is just mad that... Bus is just deflecting because he finally got his first baseball win against me in like three years this week. So, three out of four fantasy basketball ships this year. Football, I won three as well. So we don't want to listen to this guy. Ask, ask anyone, anyone from my hometown league. Ask. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, mid sneezing that. Holy cow! What a way to end the episode. Woo! Nice little snozz at the end. But anyone from my hometown league, ask him. Ask him. Uh, how good I am at fantasy football, and then I'll give you, I'll give you the answer. So, shout out to them. Shout out to all the people in my fantasy leagues. I love you, unless you don't check your lineup, and then you're a rat, especially when you're playing this guy. So check your fantasy lineups, folks. As Bob Barker would say, spade and neuter your animals, and have a wonderful night. See y'all next week.